0: As I said, in recent weeks, uh, we'll be going over the uh, the armor of God. I'd be covering different aspects of the armor of God. And today, we're just going to be talking about the belt of truth. Amen. Amen. You know, Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, Jesus said of himself, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. We know that he is the way and the only way to salvation. We know in him is life. But he also said of himself, he is the truth. Amen? John 17 verse 17 All right. Jesus said as he prayed for his disciples, and Jesus said, Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. Change over to John chapter. Let's see. fourteen. we do not know where you're going. No, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Very sensible question. We don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way if we don't know where you're going? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then Philip chimes in and he says, Lord, show us the father and it is enough for us. Well, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I'm in the father and the father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you're asking my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you're asking me anything in my name, I will do it. So, that's in the context of him saying he's the way, the truth, and the life. Now, Philippians 2 verse 13, and I'm trying to do rapid fire here because I have some long passages. Philippians 2 verse 13 says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, notice that coincides with what Jesus said in John chapter 14. When he said, do you not believe that I'm in the father and the the father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does his work. Our Lord and Savior Jesus said, I don't do what I do of my own authority. I don't do it. I don't do my own will. It's the father working in me, doing his work through me. Just like he says, he works through us. And I'm going to do my customary thing, go off script a little bit, and uh, hope, hope will forgive me too, since I'm on a roll, having been forgiven by my wife. (laughs) I'm going to believe God that I'm forgiven. But but going back when Jesus said he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. If you will go with me to John chapter one we're talking about the belt of truth. John 17, 17 said, thy word is truth, right? John 17, verse 17 said, thy word is truth. Well, I want want you to go back to John chapter 1 and let's see what he says about the word and Jesus and all all this. He says in chapter 1 of John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Now notice, it doesn't just say the word. It, said, it refers to the word as a person. Amen? In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen? So Jesus became the living embodiment of the Word of God. Are you hearing me? The Word of God, thy Word is truth. Jesus is truth. Truth isn't just something that he does, truth is who he is. Amen? The word of God doesn't talk about truth. The word of God is truth. Amen? God is truth. Jesus is truth. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. So truth kind of sounds important, doesn't it? Turn with me to Exodus chapter 18. We're going to be adding context as we go along. We're talking about the belt of truth being girded up with truth. And I'm belaboring a lot of these scriptures because I feel like we all need to know some of these scriptures and how they interrelate to paint to, to paint a picture for us, because God wants us to be able to stand in the evil day, to stand strong in faith, and to be able to fight the good fight of faith. you can fight a bad faith a fight bad fight if you want to, but I want to fight the good fight of faith that 's what God would have us do, and we cannot fight the good fight of faith if we are not surrendered and embracing truth that there the fact that there is absolute truth. Biblical truth is unassailable. Biblical truth is unimpeachable. Amen? That there is a standard of truth and that truth is not relevant. Amen? And, and if we're going to stand in this evil day, we're going to have to know that and we're going to have to champion the word of truth. Are you hearing me? And, and we have to be, I tell you what, uh, we, we can't relent on that. And, and we're going to get heat, we're going to get fire. Jesus said, they're going to hate you because they hated me. He was the living embodiment of truth and he got persecuted. There are those in the world that does not want to hear truth. And they will do everything they can to extinguish its light. But you know what? Light overcomes darkness. The light of God's truth will shine despite the best efforts of the dark side. Amen? Sounds like a Star Wars thing. All right. Uh, Exodus 18, starting at the 17th verse. This is very important. Now, I I, I hope this really brings some revelation to you. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what are you doing? What you're doing is not good. Now, I just want to let you know Moses is the, he's leading millions of people, right? And all of the issues, all the disagreements, all the disputes are brought to him. And he's the only one representing God that's, that's, uh, that's resolving all these disputes. Well, as you would imagine, if it's just one person and you've got millions of people you're overseeing, that can build up quite the backlog. And it probably took weeks and weeks and sometimes months for people to get their cases heard. And not only that, imagine how exhausting that would be for him. And so his father-in-law observing Moses said, what you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out. For the thing is too heavy for you. You're not able to do it alone. Now, obey my voice. I will give you advice and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God, and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for, listen to this, Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands and hundreds of fifties and of tens. Now, I want to read that in the NASB version. Verse 21. Because I really love the way this is worded. I like that version because it says, Furthermore, you shall select out of all the people able men who fear God Men of what? Truth. Those who hate dishonest gain and you shall place these over them as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. You know what? Men and women of God, we have to be men and women of truth. I wish I don't want to get off. Uh, I wish we had men and women of truth flooding our political offices these days. I wish we had men of women and truth that were running all of our businesses these days. Because that is what is needed if our society is going to glorify God, if we're going to have. God glorified and and advanced in his kingdom and the people blessed and the people at peace and the people thriving you're going to need people with integrity in positions of leadership. I wish that we had men of truth in every church pastoring every church these days because that is where it's that, that is where it's most damning is for you to be in the house of God. To be a man or woman of God in the house of God, in a position of leadership to influence the people of God and you're not a person of truth. How many people, faith has been shipwrecked. How many people have been led down the wrong path and, 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 and gone astray? because they put their trust in someone who wasn't a person of truth, who did not speak the word of truth, but a perverted version of it. That's how destructive it can be. And his father told him they need to fear God, they need to be men of truth, they need to be people who hate dishonest gain. Those are the kind of people you want to place in leadership. And I want all of us to be people of truth that God can elevate us and put us in positions of influence because he knows he can trust us to be true ambassadors of his, to be true and accurate witnesses for Jesus Christ. So that when people see us, they see a true picture of who he is. We must understand how important it is as followers of Jesus Christ for each of us to be men and women of truth. We, we've got to embrace it. We've got to put that belt of truth around our waist and we've got to cinch it up tight. If we desire to be effective witnesses and ambassadors for Christ, then being men and women of truth is a character trait that we must possess. Because he is truth. Proverbs three verses three and four uh, say this and I, I should be in the New King James version he says let not mercy and truth forsake you I want you to underline that highlight it whatever you do whether it's paper bible or e-bible let not mercy and truth forsake you bind them around your neck Write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. That's what the word of God says. The Amplified Translation says it this way. Do not let mercy and kindness and truth leave you. Instead, let these qualities define you. Bind them securely around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And you know, that leads right into verses five and six. And we often, it's a popular scripture, it's an oft-quoted scripture, it, it, it's not often stated in full context but, but I love leading into that from those previous two verses really from the previous four verses to be honest with you and, and I'm going to do that now here's the context here just leave it where it is. I'm going to start at verse one, but just leave it where it is, please. My son, do not forget my teaching and let your heart keep my commandments. So, he's talking about the word of God here. All right, I don't want you to forget it. I want you to embrace it. I, I, I don't want you to forget it. I want you to keep it in your heart. I don't want there just to be And and outward obedience, I want in my heart, I want your heart to desire the pure word of God. I want your heart to desire walking in the word of God and obeying the word of God. Let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not, here's a second, do not let steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. that's what it says in ESV but can you go three four real quick (laughs) sorry let not mercy and truth forsake you bind them around your neck write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God so he talks about esteeming the word of God but also do not let mercy and truth forsake you and I kept And it made me think about speaking the truth in love. Right? Uh, In the Amplified Version saying, let not mercy and kindness and truth forsake you, but bind them around your neck and let them define you. You hear me? Let them define you. Now, I say it's important. It is critically important. Truth, we cannot be compromising on the truth. But we also cannot use the truth as a weapon instead of speaking it in love. Right? We also, Paul said that I I can do great miracles. I can raise the dead. I can heal all that stuff. But if I don't have love, it doesn't really profit. Amen? And so, we want to speak the truth. We want to live the truth. We want to operate in the truth, but we also, because, well, because our Savior is truth, because the word of God is truth, the God we serve is truth, but he's also a God of mercy. He's also a God of love, right? And so, we want to represent him in all of those aspects, right? And so, And then, after he esteems the word and he emphasizes, don't let love and truth forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. And if you do that, you'll find favor and good success in the sight of God. Now, now this is important because think of the climate today. It's hard to love some people. I guess it's hard to love a lot of people. I I mean, if, if we get caught up and swept up in the mindset presented in the world, it'd be easy for us to hate a lot of people. You know, you can't even look at the news without the Democrats telling you to hate the Republicans and the Republicans telling you to hate the Democrats. All these different tribal mentalities where where if you're in this group, you're all good. If you're outside this group, forget you you're not you you're not deserving you know, I know God tells me that I should love my enemies and so forth, but you know what there is a special exception that God gives me when it comes to you. He gives me a special allowance not to not to walk in obedience in that way because of your stance on something. you hear me or because you committed a certain act or crime or whatever, it's okay for me not to walk in love against you. No, it is not. Are you hearing me? What did our savior do? Did he throw the first stone against the woman caught in adultery? Or did he have mercy on her? Did he treat Zacchaeus like the Pharisees did and wouldn't be caught dead with them, Or did he publicly say, I'm coming to eat in your house tonight? Did he reject all the, the prostitutes and the sinners and publicans? Or did he have a reputation of sitting down with them and eating with them and drinking with them and fellowshipping with them? The obvious answer to that that is he was criticized for seeing value in people that society devalued. And he died for those people just as much as he died for you and me. I don't know about y'all, but I wasn't always a man of God. And I never forget that. I'm here because I had a praying mama. I'm here because I had a a praying big mama. That's what we called our grandmother. There's mama and there's one that outranks mama and she's called big mama. She's the matriarch of the family. And she did not suffer fools. She had a heart of gold. She loved the Lord and she always was praying for her grandbabies and her children to come to the Lord. And so while I was out there in the world doing all the stuff that I was doing probably grieving her heart, she still prayed for her grandson. And the last thing I ever thought I would be is a preacher <laughs> oh my goodness when I felt the that when I thought I heard the Lord calling me to ministry I was like I rebuked that devil I went and I thought there is no but I did that because I thought there was no way God could use someone like me someone who is guilty of some of the things that I'm guilty of someone who lived life the way I did. There's no way. The devil is trying to trick me to make me become a minister knowing that I would trip up and fall and just embarrass God and lead people astray. That's what I was thinking. But obviously I was thinking wrong and and God did call me to the ministry and but but first and foremost, I mean, he called me his own. As a young man who struggled, who looked for belonging and acceptance my entire life. Growing up in a town where my dad lived but didn't want to be a dad and wondering what's wrong with me. Why Why does he not want to be a dad to his son? And that 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 just carried me. And and a lot of stuff that I did, I went looking for something to validate me. A lot of the destructive stuff I did, at the end of the day, that's really what I was looking for, belonging and acceptance. And if I could get it, or felt like I could get it in something, even if it, it wasn't good for me, I went for it because that hole needed to be filled and I didn't know those things couldn't fill it until I tried them (laughs) and realized that not only could they not fill the hole you know they just uh, made the hole bigger but uh, uh, I'm sorry but I felt like that needed, it must, I'll just trust God that that needed to be said. But, but right after this, where it talks about the word, talks about keeping love and truth and binding them around your neck and so forth, then he goes on and tells you, you'll find favor and good success in the sight of God and man doing, you can, you can find rest and security in doing things God's way. And what I was, what I meant by what I said earlier about how hard it is, sometimes we feel like, man, if I do God's way, if I keep forgiving people, if I keep loving people, people just run all over me. Uh, I'll be a stepping stool. Uh, 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 God's way is just not going to work in this environment. So I got to come up with my own ways of of making things right, of balancing the scales, of being able to fight. But God said, no, 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 trust in the Lord with all your heart. You can be a man of truth, even in this generation. You can be filled with mercy. You can be filled with love, even in this generation. Even in this condition that our society is in, you can bind truth around your neck. Steadfast love around your neck. You can do that and you can be identified and defined by that And are there people who would take advantage of you? Are there people who would try to? Sure. But God says, don't worry, I've got your back. You can live for me. You can raise my banner. You can be identified and defined with these characteristics of Christ and despite the evil-hearted people, and what they will try to do to take advantage of you. You can trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. They may try to put obstacles. They may try to make, uh, uh, make the road winding and hard for you to follow, but God's going to just keep straightening it out for you. He's going to keep lighting your pathway. He's going to tell you where the mines are so you don't step on them. But, that's if we know God's word and we're committed, we're committed to his word of truth. We know it. We're reading it. We're studying it. We're embracing it. We're embodying it. We're endeavoring to do it God's way. And if there are snares and traps in the path, we know that God's got our back. I don't understand how this is going to work out God but I know I'm walking in obedience to you so the security in that is to trust that you're going to work this thing out. Somehow, some way. I don't know which way to turn but rather than getting in my feelings and being anxious and worried and so forth I'm going to do what Philippians says I'm I'm going to not be worried and anxious about anything but in all things through prayer and supplication you know what? I'm going to make my request known to you I'm going to let the peace of God that passes all understanding guard my heart and mind. Are you hearing me? So, I'm not trying to avoid obstacles and, and trials and so forth. All I'm focused on is walking in the way of the Lord. Lord, which way should I go? I'm going to obey you. Truth, I'm going I'm to keep myself girded in your word of truth. I'm going to be a person of truth, I'm not going to be a liar. I'm not going to be a half-truth kind of person. I'm not going to be a, oh, it's just a little fib. What did that hurt? Do y'all remember the movie, or the little cartoon of VeggieTales? The the fib from outer space? Oh my goodness, that was so that was so good. But the little fib was like looked like a little doggone about the size of a ping pong ball, he told this little fib and said, "I couldn't hurt anybody." But one fib led to another, and each time he told a fib, the fib grew, and it became a big lie. And the big lie began to consume, <laughs> consume his life, and it was going to eat him up and everything. But Larry Boy came to the rescue. Everything he tried was ineffective. You know, he broke the plate. And he blamed it on Laura. It's Laura's fault. She broke the plate. I tried to stop her. She said she had to demonstrate her apple chopper. The apple chopper worked as great as as breakfast through her bowling plate. (laughs) It's Laura's fault. She broke the plate. It's true. And that's the tale I have to tell to you. And so, (laughs) I don't know why I did that, but praise God. I really did love those cartoons, though. They were so good. But God wants his word to take root in our hearts. And God wants the qualities of mercy, kindness, and truth to define us. And the devil is wily and and a shrewd operator, y'all. He really is. If he failed to prevent you from becoming a follower of Christ, the devil doesn't just say, oh, well, win some, lose some. I'm leaving that alone now, then move on his strategy shifts to preventing you from becoming an effective witness. Right? So, if he can prevent you from championing truth, if he can prevent you from letting the word of God, the truth of God's word, be a defining character trait of yours, if he can prevent you from being identified as a person of integrity, a person of truth, then he's killed your witness. Right? But he can't do that unless we cooperate with him. Right? Now, if he can somehow get you to think with your carnal mind instead of thinking we in the spirit and knowing what the reality is according to God's word is that I am redeemed by Christ. Right? But if he can get you thinking that you're something less than redeemed, then he's effectively hindered your witness, right? I mean, how can you witness about the salvation of the Lord? How can you witness about the transformation work of the Lord? How can you witness about being a son and daughter of God if in your mind and in your heart you're condemning yourself and doubting whether or not you are? I'm not getting on to you. I'm just, I'm provoking thought here. I'm putting, I'm saying what needs to be said because the truth is what's real. i gonna say that again. Truth is what's real. Now, we often look at what's happening in the natural, and because we can see it, smell it, taste it, feel it, you know, it it, it has a look and feel of real to us. But you know what? The spirit supersedes the natural. Mm -hmm. Uh, The natural speaks of the reality of the spirit realm. Amen? And If we're not careful, we'll allow circumstances in life that we encounter to excite our emotions and our feelings and our feelings begin to tell us a story that doesn't line up with truth. And God wants us to stand in the storms of life. He doesn't want the storms of life to toss us back, toss us to and fro and dominate us. He wants us to be able to stand, cinch up our belt of truth, and remind ourselves what is really real. Who we really are. Who he is. And that we are not in this alone. He had to leave us to go to the right hand of the Father, but he did not forsake us. Amen? Amen? And we have to remind ourselves of this truth. And in a society that tries to, you know, tell us what beautiful is, what handsome is, what perfect is, and what's wrong, and so forth and so on, we have to realize that God created us, he made us for a plan and a purpose, and we are beautifully and wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And a magazine can't tell you otherwise. Don't let it. A TV show can't tell you otherwise. What Hollywood portrays can't tell you otherwise. What the world defines as sexy and so forth and beautiful and handsome can't tell you otherwise because that's not truth. That is the alternative. That is the copy. That is the perversion of what is really real. Amen? That's what the enemy offers you, tempts you with, hoping that you will embrace and forsake. Take, take truth from around your neck and put on the lie and give him license to just play with your, to play with your heartstrings and just and wreck your life. He's shrewd like that. But God says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean out of your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Remember that when you're thinking, or doubting, or questioning can I do this? Is, is what Pastor Cornell, is what he's saying, can I do this? Is this possible? He doesn't know the kids that are, or the young people that are my age. He doesn't know the generation in which I live and, and the challenges that I face. This is, this is not something that, 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 that's possible, and I, 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 want, I want to tell you that it is. Not only is it possible, it is God's will for you. and and you know what you don't have to understand it as long as you're able to trust in the Lord with all your heart you may not you don't have to be able to reason through it can you settle one thing in your heart is it is is God real Is, is, is he truth? Is his word truth? Is God faithful? Is God able to direct my path? You know, see, th- those are the questions that matter because if he's real, If his word is the truth, then we've got to, we've got to settle on that. That'll bring a lot of peace to our hearts. If we can settle that, God is real. He's truth. His word is therefore truth. So, regardless of my circumstance, my circumstance is right before me, but there is a superseding reality that is truth and it'll remain truth no matter how the circumstances change in my life so whatever this obstacle is before me I may not be wise enough right now to know how to navigate my way through it but that's all right, because God is and all I gotta do is trust in him with all my heart lean not on my own understanding acknowledge God in this and he is faithful enough that he'll direct my past he'll show me the way forward he'll show me how to walk in his way, even in this evil day, because he is truth. Jesus said, "God the Father is truth. Jesus said of himself, "I am the truth, and Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth, as I said before and i'm I'm almost I'm almost ready to close this thing. Not quite. I want you to go to Ephesians four and I know I've been in this in this in this chapter in Ephesians for quite a while over the past couple months and so forth but it's so good. Seventeenth verse I'll start reading there Ephesians chapter four. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in him. To put off your old self, Now I I want to emphasize in bold that, as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds not to think any longer like we thought in the world but now we need to be renewed in the spirit of our minds so that we're able to think and act according to truth verse 24 and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness and 25 Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. So, I'll tell you what, I forget my glasses are up there and I try to wipe my brow and end up smudging my glasses. But you know, the truth is in Christ and he tells us that we're supposed to put aside the old man, be renewed in the spirit of our minds and he tells us in verse 35, we need to put away falsehood. I want you, I want you to know there's no small lie. There's no just a a misrepresentation of the fact. No, it's a lie. There are no fibs. There are no good fibs. The truth is the truth. The lie is the lie. Are you hearing me? And there's no such thing as a harmless lie. I know we like to pretty it up. Man, a fib sounds so cute. Lies sound so bad. But just this little fib, little, little white lie. But what has God been telling us this morning? Is that we're going to have to put on the belt of truth. If we're going to stand in the evil day, if we're going to be able to fight the good fight of faith, if we're going to accurately represent who Christ is to the world, then we can't compromise on truth. It may be convenient to tell a lie to your spouse. It may be convenient. And you might even convince yourself that, you know, if I told the truth right here, man, that would really hurt my spouse's feelings. So, really as an act of love, an act of consideration and, and compassion. Uh, I'm just going to avoid telling my spouse the truth. It's probably something that my spouse should know, but no, it is something that my spouse should know, but you know what? It, it, that's going to cause way too much drama. Things have been going pretty good lately. Uh, I, I'm just going to keep that to myself. I'm not even going to ask you, any of you if y'all have ever done that. not just a spouse, if you're a child and you're like, you know, my parents don't need to know that. I'm not saying any children in here have ever done that. And we know none of the adults did it when they were children. But It's 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 dangerously easy for us to justify loosening that belt of truth and convincing ourselves that, you know, this lie was for the greater good. Does it really did it really hurt anybody? I'm the only one that knows. Let me answer that question. Yes. It hurts somebody. And don't be fooled into believing something other than this. It hurts you first of all. Because deep down in your conscience, in your heart, you know you lied. That person may not ever find out, but you know. And you know what? That eats away at your soul. You know it when you look in the mirror. And, and it's tainted your soul, you know, once you begin to do something, it becomes a little bit easier to do it again. And so you're headed down a road. You're veering off one degree from the path of righteousness. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting to head toward the pathway to destruction. And you'll stay on course as long as you or stay off course on course on pathway to destruction. And, you, and, and guess what? Eventually you got to pay the piper, right? And then what if your spouse or parents find out the thing that you the truth you could have told him, but chose not to. what happens to trust there? Yeah, goes down the tubes, right? Now you break trust enough. What happens to the relationship now i want to, I want you to think about this. I made you think about you being that person lying and and coming up with that justification what if you're the person being lied to do you want to be lied to do you want uh Your spouse to lie to you? What are some other examples? Do you want your uh, accountant (laughs) to lie to you? Your financial advisor? Do you want your boss to lie to you about the upcoming paycheck? I just believe wholeheartedly that in our lives as Christians, our lives need to reflect the fact that we value truth. Even when it seems that it'll be to our detriment. Speaking the truth, when others would lie and for fear of consequence, we'll stand up and we'll speak the truth and say, yes, I did that. And we'll do it because it is the right thing to do because it is what God commands us to do and it will please the heart of God. And, and although it may bring consequence, we're not going to lean on our own understanding. In our, in our ways, we're going to acknowledge him and trust him to lead the way forward. We're not going to justify. If we commit actions that are unjustifiable, we're not going to hide it. We're not going to talk around it. We're going to confess our sin and trust that God is faithful and his, his word is true that if we confess them, he is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you hearing me? Stand therefore, Ephesians six fourteen, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. That, that's next week. But Amplify says, so stand firm and hold your ground. The enemy wants you to cede ground on truth. But stand and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, which is personal integrity, moral courage around your waist. We cannot stand without truth, without the God's truth. Amen? So I ask you again, do you believe that all scripture is inspired by God and that the word of God is truth? If we want to be able to stand in the evil day, we cannot be double-minded on that truth will be an anchor for us in the storms of life. I'm going to ask you all to stand. And I'm going to I want you to close your eyes. I don't want anybody looking around and I'm going to Ask you some questions here. I've already asked you one about I want you thinking about whether you believe because there's a lot of voices out there that will tell you or cast doubt on whether all of scripture is 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 inspired by God, whether it's all absolute truth or not. Well, let me settle it for you. All scripture is God breathed. <laughs> All of it came by inspiration of almighty God. All scripture is the truth. Because it came from the truth. So, if there's any if you came here today with any doubt with any anxiety in that area I want you to be at peace and I want to challenge you and encourage you to make that decision today here and now But you know what all this stuff that's had me that's been tossing me around all this stuff that's had me all anxious and worried you know what I, I'm going to simplify the matter for myself God's word is the truth and 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 I'm settling right here and now to let God be true and everyone else a liar. So is God's word the truth to you? Have you settled that issue? I want you to settle that issue today. And second, Are you a man or woman of truth? You know, are you truthful? Are you truthful in your relationships? Are you truthful in your family? Are you truthful, full of integrity, truthful in your business matters? Are you truthful in your finances? Are still closed? And I want you to reflect and meditate on those questions because these are the kinds of questions we need to be asking ourselves when the word of God is presented. So we've learned today that God expects us to be people of truth, men and women of truth because our God is truth. Our Savior is truth. Holy Spirit is truth. His word is truth. And he tells us to be truthful. Abandon the way that we were before we met him. But now that we're in Christ, we're expected to have truth be a defining quality, a defining character trait. You've got to know that God's word is truth. But you've also got to know that I'm challenging you here today to be a man of truth. If you're a man, be a man of truth. If you're a woman, be a woman of truth. Not of your truth, (laughs) but of God's truth. Not what's convenient for you, but what is pleasing to God. Not based on your own opinion, but what is according to the word of God. And so, for those of you who are, right now, if you, you, you had to be honest with yourself and you're saying, you know what? I've not been a truthful person. I have been justifying a lack of integrity in my life. I've, In whatever area that is, I want you to know you've not been forsaken. I want you to know that there's hope for you. I want you to know that God loves you and cherishes you and that You are here hearing this word today according to his divine will and purpose. So I I encourage you and challenge you to respond with wisdom today. If you are not, have not been a truthful person, Do you remember what I meant earlier in this message I, I referred to 1 John 1 9 if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what? Then repent. This moment. That's all God asks you to do. Repent in this moment. And acknowledge that God I came here today with the history of not being a truthful person, but but Father God, I've heard Your Word today, Hallelujah. And 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 I've got I've been convicted, and I've got to respond, and I'm I'm choosing to respond in obedience. I'm choosing to respond with wisdom. I, I'm choosing not to any longer be a dishonest person. I'm I'm choosing not to be a person that. That thinks it's okay in certain cases for me to be dishonest and to lie about things but but I have decided to repent I confess that I've not been a reflection, an accurate reflection of Christ as far as truthfulness and father I commit going forward to be a person of truth according to your word to be a man of truth to be a a woman of truth, a truthful person, reflecting the integrity and faithfulness and truth of God Almighty. And so it is my prayer that there are people all over this place this morning that if that was you that you're that you're doing that even now, as I speak, and you know God's favor will be on you to help you, His grace will be upon you to help you, Holy Spirit will convict you and lead you in the way of the Lord, He will convict you of wrongdoing, and he will lead you into the truth. Hallelujah. But you need to desire it. You need to want it. You need to pursue it. Father God, I just thank you this morning. I thank you for your people, Lord. The people here that want to hear the word of truth. They want to hear the word of God. They want to be challenged by the word of God, because they want to live for you. They want to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that they have in Christ Jesus. They're not just wanting to be Christians of convenience, Father God, but they're willing to go through the fire, through the storm, through the hardships, through the trials. They're willing to face whatever comes, Father God. and remain obedient to you knowing knowing that you'll work everything out for their good knowing that you're faithful knowing that there is security operating according to your truth and they can be confident and bold, boldly come before the throne of grace. So I thank you Father God that of all for all the people who are be who are making the decision and becoming men and women of truth today Father God and I just thank you for renewing afresh those who have already made that commitment to be men and women of truth. I just thank you Father God that that they are being Uh, refreshed and excited in that, Father God, and they're just being spurred even more to continue in that way, Father God. And, and, and I just, I just believe, Father God, that the decisions that are being made in here today aren't just going to impact the people in this place, but it will reverberate reverberate, not only here, but in our homes, not just in our homes, but in our neighborhoods, not just in our neighborhoods, but our communities, not just in our communities, but in our city, in our, in our county, in our state, in our country, throughout the world, Father God, we want the kingdom, your kingdom come and your will to be done, to be done. And, and, and we have purposed to be vessels of honor for that to happen through us in this world, Father God. And so I just thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.